Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Amazon for last minute gifts. Great deals for everyone on your list. Gifts for mom and gifts for dad. Even for your sister and your brother, Chad. Ah, shoot, we didn't realize we were supposed to get a gift for our dog walker guy. We almost forgot about our dentist, Dr. Kerr. We didn't expect to get a gift from her. Or our cousin, I forget his name. He got us something nice, better reciprocate. For last minute deals on gifts for people you forgot. Get past the free shipping at Amazon. And then Will saw something so bizarre he thought he had imagined it. Out of the sleeve of Sir Charles' linen jacket, past the snowy white shirt cuff, came the emerald head of a snake. Its black tongue flickered this way, that way, and its mailed head with its gold-rimmed black eyes moved from Lyra to Will and back again. She was too angry to see it at all, but Will saw it only for a moment before it retreated back up the old man's sleeve, but it made his eyes widen with shock. Hello and welcome to His Darker Materials, where we run through the BBC HBO show His Dark Materials, episode by episode. Um, My name is Helen O'Hara and I'm joined as ever by my co-host Dave Corkery. Hello. And we are delighted to be rejoined this week by Simone Kirby. Hello. Hello again. Dr. Mary Malone in the house again. Um, As ever, of course, this is going to be discussing spoilers from all of season one and season two up to episode three. So if you haven't seen them, please go away, watch them and come back to us. Um, And if you'd like to get in touch with us, if you have any questions, comments, please do drop us a line on Instagram. We are at Stripped Media. On Twitter, we're at Stripped Media UK. And you should use the hashtag HisDarkerMaterials. Okay, so I thought this one was a bit of a belter. Um, Shall we start with our heroes, uh, Will and Lyra? So Lyra is going back to see Mary and things do not go, it's fair to say, according to plan. No, because the police have shown up, right? (gasps) <gasps> exactly. The mustachioed man. Pale faced man. Pale faced man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Played by Jamie Wilkes, who is the funniest guy, and we laughed an awful lot. <laughs> Great. The, the big question is it a real mustache? Do you know, I, I don't know. Did he grow that? We used to say that was that he was actually from Lyra's world and that was his demon. It was it was a, it was a big hairy, <laughs> big hairy slug. 
and then we and then we started saying that maybe his demon was a horse and that the pale faced man could not be a good detective because there was constantly a horse following him around <laughs> and that like the elevator doors would open and there would be this guy with this huge horse <laughs> just we la- we laughed a lot he's a very funny guy excellent <laughs> Well, he's a good actor because he's he was intense. He's a sc- <laughs> like he's quite um, scary in this scene. That's not my head, kind of. Yeah, when when those elevator doors opened and he's standing there, we 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 we, we ha- I just laughed all the time because when someone who's naturally really funny is playing really intense, it's the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, you held it together pretty well. The um what what what's interesting here is we get this uh um, you know Mary uh very clearly lays down her allegiances here you know Mm. she's uh she's not afraid to stand up to authority and she's not afraid to um defend someone who she doesn't really know that well but just sort of her her instincts and intuition i think tell her that this is the right thing to do this is a child in trouble Mm. yeah and i think mary's own journey with a higher power and a higher authority and her, the bravery it took for her to turn her back on all of that means that I, yeah, I don't think that she's the kind of person who can be swayed by someone with a badge. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, nice, nicely put. Why don't we talk a little bit about Mary in this, uh, and, and sort of we get quite a few scenes of Mary mm. in, in this episode. Uh, so firstly, we see um, after the, 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 the escape in which she aids and abets a wanted fugitive, um, <laughs> She, uh, we see a lot of coding scenes, which I enjoy. This is basically like Mary get, getting down into the, uh, <laughs> getting down into trying to, uh, to t- she takes Lyra's suggestion of, you know, produce, yeah. getting the, the the cave and the computer to produce words and basically to talk, talk to her. Um, and then we get a lot of scenes of you with a uh, sort of uh, wire strapped to your head, con- <laughs> concentrating intently on the screen. Is that, is that yeah. difficult to sort of act to nothing in that? Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it is a bit because I suppose, you know, when we're filming that the, the stuff on screen isn't really there. There's some things that we can play around with typing and going, are you are you doing a close up of my fingers? Is it going to look like I'm typing gobbledygook? Like, what will I type? And trying to figure out what I should be typing and or what I should be writing at different points and and saying where exactly how much of this is going to be shown because I don't want to just type ice cream over and over again, you know. Like, there, there is so so. Sorry, I was just going to say there is an art to acting typing though, and mm-hmm. and and you only really notice it when someone does it badly. It's done badly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like hammering. We we were watching something. We were watching um, uh, a film yesterday myself my husband and it, it, it's filmed back in the 60s and there's a woman who's supposed to be playing piano but you can tell her hands are just waving <laughs> the place like it is it is the worst when someone does stuff like that badly and um, there's an important sort of moment when um, mm. Mary's not at the screen but we get a reaction from the dark matter from the dust and it uh, it uh, all comes together on the screen to form the image of a serpent Mm. Um, which I think or, or a snake and I think the people who've read the book will this is a nice bit of foreshadowing mm-hmm. here uh, so I guess we won't dwell dwell too much on that but um, the word serpent I thought it was interesting in this episode because the the, um, the 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 word serpent showed up later as well in the Lee Scoresby um, plot in the in the observatory um, when the um, the magisterium's dude uh, says you know they're uh, 
We said their 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 fruits by their fruits shall you know them by their questions shall you see the serpent gnawing at their heart. And I thought that was kind of an interesting sort mm. of juxtaposition with what Mary's doing because she intends to ask questions. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I and I, it, this is the whole I think. Um, thing behind behind Philip's writing is is we've been made to believe that the serpent is the bad guy but actually knowledge is a wonderful thing and mm. um if if Mary is in some way <laughs> I don't want to get it. It's hard to go there. <laughs> but, but, she, but she yeah, she is looking for knowledge. Like that's not a spoiler. Yes. So yeah. yeah. Um and, and I think that that's the whole, that that's that's what Philip is getting at is is mm. well, what if we look at this differently? Isn't isn't it a good thing if if Adam and Eve have knowledge mm. uh, and uh and, and this is sort I suppose the beginning of, of the telling of that side of the story. Yeah. And I, I guess in a very literal way, if if the uh, if the dust is kind of consciousness, um, then it is the serpent in the garden. It is Adam and Eve waking up, if you like, and becoming conscious of themselves. I suppose um, it also works on another level because we cut from that straight to Lord Boreal, who of course has the serpent demon. There's a whole, there's a whole lot of snakes in this episode. There is a yeah. bag of snakes. <laughs> The um the the other and the, the the other sort of insight we get into Mary is this uh, well firstly we meet her we get a, a quick glimpse into her family life um which was nice and her her niece yes. and nephew yeah yeah that was nice it was nice to see I uh, when when they decided to open up in the same way that we meet you know Will's grandparents they're mm. opening up everybody's worlds mm. and saying well let's let's see you know they're not they're not so isolated to these people that mm. they they don't have family. Um, and yeah, it was it was that was Julie that I did those scenes with, and uh, and the kids they were great, and it was nice. Yeah, that Mary going on a journey. She she she's not just this isolated person who isn't leaving anybody or anything behind. She's you know she's got people. Mm. Uh, yeah, I agree. It's, it's a nice grounding for her as well, yeah. and it humanizes yeah. her a bit. Um, and then we the other scene we get with Mary is this, um, you know, her sitting down with the I I Ching and and sort of this this uh sort of uh focus and deep deep state that she goes into you know she says to the mind that is still the whole universe mm -hmm. surrenders which is a, a lovely line and i think this is again yeah. like we talked about last week this is the that really interesting uh sort of line that mary straddles between faith and religion and science and 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 knowledge and sort of applying mm -hmm. the the best the best of 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 both worlds to get to sort of get the, the best result and and it shows her you know she brings she almost brings a scientific under uh, approach to religion itself you know we find out last week that she was last episode she was a nun and then here she's uh you know is I Ching is that Buddhism I'm claiming ignorance here but it's a she's 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 aware and open to other interpretations of religion and other religions. She's kind of just cherry picking religion and science wherever she can find. And she's sort of there in Ep 2 when she, that quote by Keats, where, where, you know, when she talks about that, that space that your mind has to be in. Um, what is it? Expectation without, no. Um, oh God, I forget it now. But that, that place that you have to be where you're, you're open 
to mm. what might come, yeah. but without chasing after it. So she's she's already someone who you imagine has tried meditation and she is really interested in all those things that I think we all are. Like we're, we all do yoga and Tai Chi and all, like, you know, we're, we're, everyone's had a go with tarot cards. Yeah. Like we're always borrowing from other cultures to mm. find something uh, to help us open ourselves up and and be more meditative and be more present and all of these and she's so she's already halfway there I think she just sort of needed a little bit of guidance back to that you know mm. just slow everything down and, and 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 open your mind to what might come don't close yourself off to everything that you've learned before yeah even though I mean that and again like I said, I think last week, it isn't easy for her to do that. She's been yeah. so focused on being rational. Mm. She's been open, like you say, to these things. She has the I Ching set. She has, I think there's a bonsai tree in her office and there's sort of, you know, obviously the poster, uh, the yeah. postcard from Japan on the door. So she's been open to other cultures, but she hasn't necessarily been, um, she's, she's, yeah. in her work, she's been focused rationally. So in the books, when she talks about the I Ching, she, she, she hasn't touched it in years. It's something that was her grandfather gave her a book when she was a teenager and she got the yarrow stalks and she started, you know, because uh, she's probably a bit like I was when I was a teenager, just into stuff. And, you know, my dad would give me, <laughs> I think you'll like this. It's a lava lamp. Oh, I don't know. Cause I was a bit of a hippie. <laughs> and I think she's a bit like that. You know, she's somebody who's always been slightly different. So she's been, so she, she read the I Ching book when she was a teenager. She, she practiced it for a couple of years and then she forgot about it. And, it's there, but it's kind of part of the decor uh, from her travels. And it's only when Lyra says, the alethiometer says, you should go back to that. Yeah. That, that, that she goes, oh, oh, okay, I'll, I'll give it a go. But she's, she's rusty. You know, she hasn't done yeah. it for a while. It's not something that she's regularly using. It's just another one of those things that she's gathered in her life, I think, at that point. 
<laughs> they might this give is the one. BBC. Oh my God, there's no car replacement. <laughs> it was, I mean, it just had me with that door opening sideways. I was mm. like, but I guess to Lyra, she'd be like, yeah, whatever, doors open sideways in this world. <laughs> um, and then she loses the alethiometer. Mm. Big, big moment. And uh, so we, we see that... Um, the sort of shock and upset that uh, mm. that happens then, and then uh, meanwhile, Will um, has a, a a brief moment where he uh, remeets the girl, um, the local in Sidigaza, um, and discovers that there is a person mm-hmm. hiding in the tower, foreshadowing literally shadow. Um, <laughs> and then we'll skip ahead to so then the the two of them um, reunite in Oxford, and go to the cinema. To Yay, see to see Paddington. <laughs> <laughs> Impeccable taste. Impeccable. And why wouldn't you? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I, li- I like this. It was like, a, is, it, is a nice... Uh, this was in the book, because I went, I went back to uh, reread this section, because I was like, I don't remember mm. them go... They definitely didn't go to the cinema in the middle of all this. Mm. And no, they did. They went to the cinema. In fact, in they the book, totally they go did. to several cinemas, because uh, yeah. she loves it so much. Um, yeah. So I like that they included that. And, the, um, and it felt like this little fun grounded incidental moment you know and and, and mm. it's this fun fish out of water stuff of lyra discovering popcorn for the first time and, uh, <laughs> although although i will say I d- poor, poor cinema etiquette across the board she's that very she's, poor right mm-hmm. she's loudly I mean, talking through the movie about her personal grief which is not cool and uh will's on his I'm, phone come on i mean well I the mean, next I, time yeah. somebody does that in the cinema you might think well maybe They've come from another world and this is their first and they just yeah. don't know the etiquette. You're right. I should be more open minded. Yeah. It just tapped them on the shoulders. Excuse me, you're probably from another world, but we yeah. don't actually uh, talk during the movie in this world. Yeah. Get punched in the face. I mean, especially Paddington. <laughs> yeah, I was I was slightly horrified by that. It was it was appalling. But um but yeah, I the mean, the car was interesting as well because Boreal also explains to her how a seatbelt works. In a way that she she doesn't realize he knows she's from another world, but if you're you know it kind of is actually quite obvious. He's going, it's on your left. You pu- you pull it across to your right, and you put it in that thing. Like he he kind of talks her through it step by step. So um, if she was a little bit less panicked at that point, she might sort of have thought to yeah. wonder at that. I wonder. Yeah, that's a good point. But he gave her he gave her so many clues. To be fair. So he's given he was dropping all the hints the, <laughs> and he's like at the at the end we get we get this sense of uh uh almost disappointment from lord boreal when he drops the the reveal of who he is to her and he's like i'm amazed he's like basically like i'm amazed you haven't figured this out by now it's just like i gave me yeah. a seatbelt thing <laughs> got a bloody snake up my sleeve <laughs> it's it's part of her kind of recklessness again, isn't it? Mm. That she's she misses little subtle things that that is why and why it's great that she has will because he won't. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, she's lacking attention to detail because she just mm. jumps headfirst into yeah. every situation. Gets in cars with relative strangers. Yeah, yeah, and and gets out of the car without her entire backpack with her most precious possession in it. I mean, now to be fair, we've all yeah. done that. I did that. I mean, I've done what? that in many Ubers. I mean, I lose brollies all the time. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Brolly alethiometer. It's basically the same, same thing. thing. <laughs> when you're Irish, a brolly is very important, right, guys? Exactly. That is true. That is true. Yes. Quick reminder. I have literally, 
I've literally four sitting by my front door, like just yeah. so they're there at any point. Look, I just don't understand people who don't leave the house with their umbrella with them. Mm. I don't get it. Why would you ever do that? What do you they think? It's not going to rain. I mean, come on. I mean, <laughs> it's the eternal pessimism of Irish people. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and will we finish up then? Let's finish up. Uh, Lyra and Will, where we where mm. we find them uh, showing up to Sir Charles's house. We well, he's Sir Charles in the book. We don't know if he's uh, been been knighted yet in this world. Uh, but this is you know uh, this is an indication. We saw the slick, fancy fancy Tesla, whatever it is, uh, mm. massive house insane sort of basement collection like we 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 haven't really we saw lord boreal stepping into this world a lot in season one but we Mm. didn't realize i think the full extent of how established he is in our world right and just how like wealthy the man is yeah, he's got he's got really cool stuff as well. Like, so I saw a spacesuit. Um, he had a, like a sort of Napoleonic kind of hat. In another case, he had what appeared to be maybe a Neanderthal skull. In another one, like he has like when he says he's a collector, like he's got cool stuff in his house. I thought that was really good, and and it was a very kind of modern house and slightly more austere maybe on the inside than the outside like it felt more magisterium inside with that kind of modernist mm. clean lines than the outside did good which point. is kind of interesting as well but uh, yeah i just thought that was brilliantly done and he's just so good uh arion uh, bakari in that role like he's so kind of controlled and calm and everybody mm-hmm. else is always struggling to catch up with him and he's just like 10 steps ahead of everybody I don't know how long it's been since he started moving between worlds, but you get the feeling that it's been quite a while. Mm-hmm. Like he's, yeah. and he's he's been very smart about and very resourceful about what it is that he can create for himself in both worlds. Yeah, and yeah. he feels very at home in both worlds and very comfortable and 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 commanding mm. in both. He certainly. It's interesting to look at him compared to Mrs. Coulter because they are kind of rivals. And he certainly does, you know, you mentioned 10 steps ahead, Helen. He does feel like he is a few steps ahead of Mrs. Coulter, both in sort of awareness and knowledge and uh, being established. But yet, yet, yet she still feels like the more dangerous adversary, I would say. Totally. And, 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 and he, I don't think he realizes that by giving her even a nugget of knowledge about is a very dangerous thing to do. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I think yeah, I think you're right. I think he respects her, but even then underestimates her. Like he he respects yeah. her for her gifts, but doesn't realize quite how far they go. Yeah, I, I with 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 the knowledge that he has about different worlds, she is a lot more dangerous. I think. Mm. So then, uh, I guess the second sort of plot this episode is uh, quite a quick one. It's the witches. Um, So they're reacting to the destruction of their home, of course. Uh, But once again, a sort of not quite face-off between Serafina and Ruta, but there always seems to be that potential for conflict down the line between them. Um, And we also see um, Serafina send her demon, Kaiser, as a sort of emissary again to check in with Yorick and the armored yeah. bears because remember them we have Yorick's armored back. bears <laughs> and it's a really it's a really quick scene but it just establishes that um, maybe the scope of what Azrael's done that it, this is affecting the world the ice is melting the seals have disappeared the bears are starving things are out of whack and we haven't really 
been told that before, I don't think, in the in the show. We, you know, we had the Magisterium going north to see what was happening. There's clearly been consequences, but we don't know what those are yet entirely. Yeah, that was it was a interesting to it was interesting to yeah get that sense of the impact of this uh, world changing event that happened. Um, it's almost like it was it, remind, it felt like climate change to me almost like an acceleration yeah. of climate climate change um, and quite a bit tragic as well. Like uh, this this the the bear Yorick and his people are kind of starving as a result of mm. um, you know what happened. But but mostly this scene is about prophecy, isn't it? And uh, you know this is feeding into the wider um, sense of uh, we we get a few more hints about uh, this prophecy and uh, Kaiser says that the well Yorick says basically you know why don't you just go tell Lyra how important she is and we find out that it's very important that she does not know anything about this prophecy or she won't be able to do what she needs to do is what he says paraphrasing. <laughs> You should write for this show. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be a lot more informal, the prophecies. The prophecy says that you have to go, kind of go somewhere and then do something. Dude, I don't know, but it's like yeah. big or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But like, but like totally don't tell her. <laughs> but why don't, why don't we get into what we really want to talk about here, which is the really awesome sort of Lee Scoresby plot that we get oh, throughout, so throughout, this, uh, throughout yeah. this episode. So we mm. we kind of, we start the episode with a little bit of foreshadowing with um, a man in a, in a hood who we presume to be Stanislaus Grumman, Grumman. Uh, beckoning Lee Scoresby with a sort of what appears to be a magical ring. So come to me, Lee, <laughs> this kind of thing. And uh, and Lee, uh, well, it seems to work because Lee, Lee well, he's looking for him anyway, so I don't know how 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 much that works. <laughs> uh, we 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 end up at uh, you know uh, this is a scene from the books, but he goes to the Samirsky Hotel in uh, oh how do you say it? Helen, help me out. Nova Zem- mm-hmm. Zembia. Nova Zembla, I think. Nova, Nova Zembla. Zembla. Thank you. Yeah, it's that. it's based on a real place in our. It's based in a real place in our world in Siberia, um, but only very very loosely. I don't know how many hotels there are there. That, that that set was incredible. I hung around there because that oh. was inside the studio. That was right beside Mary's office. Oh, awesome! Oh, wow! So, so when I wasn't filming and they were setting up shots, I'd run in and just hang out in the hotel. I love that. Just down fun. the corridor from your office is a, yeah, it's <laughs> is a Siberian <laughs> hotel. Crazy. Yeah, I loved it's it. Kind and of we, we hung out feel. Yeah, yeah, Amazing. it's great. But like even the details, like those really ominous liquids in glass jars everywhere. <laughs> We're thinking, what are they drinking? Ew! It, it is, yeah, it is awesome. It's, and a hats off again to like uh, the production designer Joel Collins and his mm. team because the the way in which they bring all of these sets to life is just like they feel lived in, but also yeah. just like particularly these kind of ones, just completely otherworldly but familiar. Uh, you know, you get that sort of Cossack vibe to mm-hmm. yeah. a lot of the the costumes as well, and. Um, but it's also a lot of fun. This is it was reminiscent of the first season when we first meet Lee and he goes into yeah. that that saloon style thing yeah. and starts doing his hand solo thing. Uh, <laughs> except he's a bit more subdued here because he's having the ear torn off him by a, a character. I think I think this is Sam Cancino. I read the reread this section uh-huh. of the books yesterday. Is my guess anyway. And the um, <laughs> there's a bit there's a nice bit of levity here. Um, <laughs> Uh, when is in basically what is an exposition dump where we learned that uh, Stanislaus Grumman has gone up some river 
and he's and he's not around anymore. But uh, and and it eventually leads him to this uh, observatory, which was a re- so we go from kind of levity to quite intense yeah. action mm. quite quite quickly. What, uh, what 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 did you think about the this observatory scene and this demonstration of the magisterium's influence? Mm. It felt a little bit shorter, I think, than the one in the book, as I remember it. Um, I, admittedly, it's been a few weeks since I read it, but um, and a little bit less of an information dump than that was in the book. It felt like there, there was quite a lot of exposition um, coming to us, where they actually kind of kept it pretty stripped down, I think, here. Um, but you still got the sort of um, swivel-eyed fanaticism of the of yeah. the observatory guy and the nice and turn whole, of phrase. He's a, he's yeah. a heretic. He's a heretic, ah! And and Lee's like, oh, I didn't know that. Sorry, bye. Um, you know, and 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 that again gives you a, an idea of how uh, how far the reaches the magisterium kind of stretch, I guess. It bothered it bothered me just how like uh, I mean Lee Lee gets a sense that the he should leave, right? Mm. Which was correct, and he sort of you know covers up and says a funny line. He goes, "Amen," uh, and then backs away. But then he just kind of lingers by this this door with a curtain behind him and I'm just like with his back to him and it's like no Lee you should you should know better than this get you go scaddle on off <laughs> scaddle on off scaddle on off yeah that's a classic <laughs> expression <laughs> um, there's a writer in there but there, the, there's a there's a shoot but then it turns into a shootout and what I thought was interesting is um, ultimately Lee does end up killing the guy in self-defense mm. but there's this uh, there's this remorse displayed instantly mm. um and then this really interesting interchange between him and his demon where she's telling him you had no choice this mm. you know the, that was self-defense it's almost like reassuring it's like this yeah. you, you know your 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 inner voice telling you it's okay you couldn't you you know you you did what you had to do but this that there's still a conflict between your head which is him and logic and the feelings and the grief and and it's I thought again just the way that the interplay between actors and their demons in this show with characters and the demons just tells you so much about a person's psychology it's fascinating Mm. yeah I think yeah it's really well done there and I think that again reflects the book I think there's a line in the book about you know he he'd had to kill twice before or something but it's clear like Mm. he's he can kill but he doesn't take it lightly you know he's I mean, apart from anything else, he's counting. You know, he's not. Yeah. He's not sort yeah. of merrily spraying bullets in all directions. Um, it's a bit like Will, isn't it? It's it's mm, you know, yes. Will Will killing somebody but taking it really really badly that he that yeah. he did it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and and then we get so, well, for me, which the absolute standout scene of this episode, mm. the whole Lee's imprisonment, and Mrs. Coulter showing up in town. And coming to see him, which correct me if I'm wrong, guys, is not that's not in the book, is it? I don't remember this. No. I no. don't remember this. No, it's. I, I, I thought this was stunning, though. They they um, do that. Jack Thorne has people meet each other in the show that that you never get to see them meet in the book, and it's lovely when you when you read them in the scripts. You're like, oh yes, a scene between those two. Yay. Yeah, it's a it's, it's an nice. awesome addition uh, mm. and well well worthwhile, and you know tells us. You know, it's it's not just um, done for the sake of it. Good. Oh, wouldn't it be fun if these two characters meet? Like it actually informs the audience about both of these characters. Oh, we yeah. get so much, so much so is much. is conveyed in the scene, isn't it? Mm-hmm. 
It's so good because he's there and he's dressed like the Rocketeer and he's looking really cool. <laughs> and <laughs> and then they get into this this really deep discussion, you know. So he's kind of, you know, she's trying to convince him she's got Lyra's best interest at heart. He's going, you're the woman who turns children into ghosts. Uh, immediately kind of has her number in a way that very few people do. Um, and then there's this whole thing about I'm good with pain, you know, and talking mm. about uh, how he was beaten up endlessly by his father. He sees something similar in her. He sees a, a history of abuse. He mm. sees that history of, of you know, having to be tough and having to be independent. And, you know, he says Lyra's giving him hope. Um, she threatens him with torture and he goes, it won't break me. And you know it won't because it wouldn't break you either. I mean, that's just, that's superb, superb line. And I think, and it, it's so good because it's the one person really so far in a, in a long time that we've seen give Miss, uh, Mrs. Coulter pause really and make her change her course. And actually, you know, she releases him to help Lyra uh, on the basis that maybe he'll get there first, maybe he'll, you know, maybe it, maybe it doubles their chances of Lyra receiving some aid. This, in a way, is more selfless, I think, in her mm. search for Lyra than than anything we've maybe seen her do so far. Yeah, it's not it's not a power play. It is a, it is mm. a care thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good point. And the uh, but is it partly? You know, I agree. She is doing it for Lyra, but is it? Is she partly doing it a bit for herself, recognizing this kindred spirit as well? Is it like a little bit like freeing herself almost? Because just Maybe before that, be just before that, we get this scene after her scene with Lee. She goes out into the hall and there's this really quiet, interesting moment where she stands facing into a wall, you know, mm. in the middle of a corridor and her golden monkey demon sidles up to her and and holds her hand and do you know we got a similar moment in season one where she bats his hand away do you know and this is the conflict of mrs coulter and and her inner self and just this so again this masochism and this uh repression of of her inner self but she she holds the demon's hand in that moment mm. and it's this reconnecting moment and it's, it's almost like a healing moment I think yeah. it's one of the most interesting relationships in the book is is Mrs. Yeah. Coulter and her own demon. It's it's really fascinating. She's such a complex person. I love it. Mm. Oh yeah, I agreed. It's it, uh, I could watch, you know, the, the, the that's what's so good about this the book and the, and the show is just watching this interplay and how much you can show about a person's inner psyche when you actually have a physical external yeah. manifestation of it. It's kind of like a writer's yeah. dream, isn't it? <laughs> and there's there's lovely moments that Ruth plays as well where mm. she 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 be begins to look a little bit like a monkey when she's when yeah. she loses her temper and it's just so well done. It's it's mm. fab. Yeah, I just yeah, I, I love that. I love that whole thing and and you know, even then she's still thinking strategically. She's still, you know, essentially sending him off on another mission, sending him off to help Lyra, giving him even a message for Lyra, um, while at the same time being sure that he has a story that he attacked the guard from behind and got out himself and she was never there and was never involved and everything else. So, you know, she's got her wits about her even when she's actually emotional, which is great. It's just so, it's, she's so good. Yeah. Good point. She's still very controlled. I love that little Ooh. moment in that bit where she like her golden monkey comes out and just grabs the guard's snake and bashes him on the floor. Right? And that's how you <laughs> knock someone out in this world. <laughs> it's just so much, it's just such a more interesting way of doing it than what we usually get, which is the Sean Connery karate chop over the back of the, the neck or something. 
Um, yeah. All right. Well, uh, I I think that kind of wraps up this this episode. I think so. Really, yeah. Really good episode. Simone, thanks for joining us. Well, thank, thank you. you. It was lovely. And uh, we'll see you guys next week for episode four. I'm like well into this series now. Bring it on. <laughs> His Darker Materials is a stripped media production. Our executive producers are Kobe Omanaka and Tom Wally. The episode was edited, mixed and sound designed by Tom Wally. This episode was produced by Helen O'Hara and Dave Corkery. All our music was composed by John Dix. Our artwork was created by Sam Gilby, and the excerpt read at the top of the show was taken from the book The Subtle Knife by Philip Pullman and published by Scholastic. This episode was recorded remotely in parallel worlds. Finally, big thank you to James Carroll and the team at North Bank Talent Management. just heard a stripped media production. Shop Amazon for last minute gifts. Great deals for everyone on your list. Gifts for mom and gifts for dad. Even for your sister and your brother, Chad. Ah, shoot, we didn't realize we were supposed to get a gift for our dog walker guy. We almost forgot about our dentist, Dr. Kerr. We didn't expect to get a gift from her. Or our cousin, I forget his name. He got us something nice, better reciprocate. For last minute deals on gifts for people you forgot. Get past the free shipping at Amazon.